The New York Islanders suffer another third-period collapse and play another poor defensive game. We've got our key takeaways, plus the improved play of Simon Holmstrom. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can also find us now on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. We've got a lot to discuss after the Islanders' disappointing collapse against the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, send us an email to LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for instant insight and analysis. And it's great to talk Islanders hockey with you, game time or any time. Well, what a frustrating loss for the New York Islanders on Saturday. They had a 3-0 lead in the second period at home against a division opponent and basically let it slip away. One goal given up in the second period and then two in the third, followed, of course, by the overtime game winner by Sebastian Ajo. And all of this is problematic because it's the same thing happening again. First of all, the Islanders are not giving you that 60-minute effort that they need to give in order to be successful. This is not a team that is so much more talented than their opponents that they can afford to play two good periods and one horrible period and be confident that they're going to win consistently. They are now, for example, 0-3 in overtime. 
But I think the biggest issue that we faced is that this team is just not playing Islanders hockey. And they were outshot in this game 48-25. to And attempted shots were 101-38 to in favor of the Hurricanes. And you cannot have a pattern where you've given up, lost multiple goal leads four times already when your team hasn't even played a lot of games yet. I mean, to have given up a four goal, a a two or more goal lead four times in your first 10 games is a big time problem. And on a team that relies so heavily on the strong goaltending of Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov, you cannot afford to lay them out and hang them out to dry when you are trying to hold the lead. Lane Lambert, when he took over as head coach of the New York Islanders at the beginning of last season, announced that he was making some changes to the Barry Trot system. And he wanted his defensemen to be a little bit more active and be a little bit more uh, aggressive to pinch in and join the rush and, and make some plays offensively when possible. And it didn't really seem to work very, very well. And then when... We saw Matthew Barzal get injured late in the season. They went back to the more conservative style that we saw under Barry Trotz. And guess what? It actually worked. And they were able to clamp down and and go on a late season run and make the playoffs. Well, now, you know, you have a healthy Matthew Barzal and... All of a sudden, they're going back to that pinching, more aggressive style, and it is costing them big time in giving up so many scoring chances. And I mean, even if you go back and look at what happened in the win against the Capitals and the win against the Blue Jackets, these are shutout wins for Semyon Varlamov, who now has two shutouts and three starts, and a 9.72 save percentage, and a 1.00 goals against average. But even in those games, the goalie was standing on his head and earned the shutout, but under no circumstances, especially that Washington game, can you say, oh yeah, the Islanders dominated the game from start to finish, outplayed the Capitals. No. The Islanders were... Fortunate, They got outstanding goaltending and they got timely goals. But you remember the first period? The Islanders had two shots on goal against Washington, but they both went in. But they were being outshot in that game. What was it? Eight to two, if I, if I recall correctly. You can't be outchanced and outshot that badly because this team doesn't have the offensive talent to win a lot of games when they're being out-attempted 101-38. to So far, in 10 games, the Islanders have allowed 357 shots on goal. 
in the history of the Islanders, going all the way back to 1972-73, only one team has allowed more than that through 10 games, and that was way back in 1990-91. They allowed more than 100 shot attempts <clears throat> against Carolina. That hadn't happened since November of 2009, and the last time the Islanders allowed more than 100 shot attempts at home. Well, it had never happened since that statistic was first introduced back in 2005-2006. You just cannot play this way, especially if you're a team that doesn't have the offensive firepower to win games 6-4 to and 7-5 to and you know, the Islanders are better off limiting chances. At, you know, you can get outshot in games, but it better be 35 to 25. And then you also have to limit the quality chances. They're not doing that either, and it really creates a problem for this team. And the bigger problem, if you, if you take a step back and look at the big picture, you know, we are through 10 games right now on the season. And you, you look at the record, and again, the NHL with their, you know, silly math. The Islanders are 5-2-3, which puts them, you know, three games above NHL 500. But you know what? That also means they've lost five games and won five games. They just got the loser point from the NHL. It is not sustainable to play this style of hockey with the way this team is constructed. And you want a telling statistic on that? Who leads the Islanders in points through 10 games? Noah Dobson. And Dobber has been better in his own zone. I'm not trying to take anything away from it, from Dobson, because he's played very well. But it shows you that your forwards are not being as productive as you want them to be when your leading scorer is a defenseman. And it, it, it just, this team has to play Islanders hockey. They are not suited to playing the style that Lane Lambert has them playing. And you get these, this quote from Lambert that kind of infuriated me, quite honestly. Um and, and that's, you know, him saying, we're certainly hoping it's not a trend. We have given away a couple of multi-goal leads, and it's certainly not a recipe for success. Is it a trend? No, it's too early, but it's certainly something we need to make sure doesn't become a trend. Well, guess what? When you've given up multi-goal leads four times in ten games, I hate to tell you, but that's a trend. And it's something this team needs to correct sooner rather than later if they're going to start winning consistently over the course of the next 72 games. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll have our hero and goat of the game from uh, Saturday's contest. We'll talk a little bit more about injuries, which are mounting for this team, and well, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a former Islanders captain who was with the team in the early to mid-2000s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite feature remains the fact that you can go on the app and get the view from your seat before you purchase the tickets so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And look, Game Time has deals on tickets not only right up to the start of the event, but even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find deals on last-minute tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. So, boy, uh... Hero and goat of the game. You know, it's tough. Because before this collapse in the third period, this team looked like it was doing pretty well. Uh, at least in in creating opportunities and cashing in on them. Uh, I'm going to stick with this. Ilya Sorokin, to me, is the hero of the game. He made 43 saves. Still had a 915 save percentage. And when you have 101 shots attempted against you in a little more than 61 minutes of hockey, that tells me that you were in a game that your team really had no business being in. So I am going to give Ilya Sorokin the hero of the game, while the go to the game, to me, has got to be just the overall team defense. It has to be better. And, look, I understand that Adam Pellick was unavailable and was not in the lineup. Samuel Bolduc played 9-25. Sebastian Ajo, 15-09. And I have to say, at least for now, to the credit of Lane Lambert and... Again, we're critical when we need to be critical, but we give credit when we have to give credit. He did not have Sebastian Ajo and Samuel Bolduc as a pairing. He had Bolduc with Scott Mayfield, Ajo with Noah Dobson. And while I'm not thrilled with Ajo and Dobson as a pairing, at least, you know, having Ajo and Bolduc together wasn't working, so at least Lane Lambert tried something else Again, having Alexander Romanov and Ryan Polak as your top pairing, the problem is those are two of your three reliable defensive defensemen, and putting them together means you are exposing one pair where you have two questionable guys, in this case, Ajo and Dobson, although Dauber, as I said, has been better. So, you know, there is that. But obviously, with Pelic now, quote-unquote, day-to-day, and unavailable, that's not good. And then Bo Horvat uh, took a shot, it looked like, to the foot or ankle. He left the game, came back, which was at least encouraging, and finished the game. But again, you know, when the adrenaline wears off and you start to actually get a look at that, we hope that there is no uh, long-term 
issues with Bo Horvat and what he's able to do as far as being ready to play in their next game. And again, to sort of go back and take a look at the big picture, part of the problem here in my mind is that the Islanders still don't have the speed that we're looking for to stay with some of the faster and more talented teams in this league, and it is it brings me to question why we are not seeing Julian Gauthier in the lineup. Uh, I think Hudson Fashing again, played a solid game in his second straight appearance in the lineup. I like him. I want him in the lineup. Anders Lee continues to sort of be invisible for long stretches. I want to see more from the captain. I still don't like him on the top line with Bo and Barzi, but he doesn't seem to have a lot of chemistry on the third line either. So where do you put him? Do you break up Nelson, uh, Palmieri, and Engvall? I know Lane Lambert has been reluctant to do that. He certainly doesn't want to break up Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck. So, you know, there's a, a big question as to what you do with... Uh, Anders Lee and where he fits into the lineup and then again I think you need the same way that the Islanders used to insert Ross Johnston into the lineup last year and the year before when they were facing a physical team and we mentioned for example the Washington Capitals with Tom Wilson for uh, that, that that's a prime example the same way that they would use Ross Johnston against more physical teams I think you got to put Julian Gauthier in the lineup against speedier teams, whether it's the Devils or the Hurricanes, uh, to try to at least play with those guys and and just you know slow them down a little, or at least be able to counter the speed that some of those players are putting on the ice. I don't see that chess game going on with Lane Lambert with this lineup right now. So Gautier and Oliver Wallstrom were the scratches, and Pellick obviously the defense scratch because he wasn't healthy. But to me, you got to use Gautier in a smart way and integrate him into the lineup to give you more speed because Palmieri, Holmstrom, Fashing, there are guys who, and Barzal, there are guys in this lineup with speed, I guess Dobson and Aho on defense, but you need more to match up with some of these better, younger, faster teams. The Islanders seem to be able to handle the middle-of-the-road and, and lower-level teams, but it's very difficult for them to slow down and match up with the faster teams on the ice like the Carolina Hurricanes and they just let this game slip away in in a very disappointing fashion, to say the least. So we need more from this New York Islanders team, the coaching staff, the players. There needs to be better execution, especially defensively, or else, you know, they're 5-5 five and five right now. Okay, 5-2-3 and three if you want to go by the NHL's loser point system, but it is not sustainable to give up this many high-danger chances, this many shots, this many attempted shots, and expect to win consistently. And your goalies, who you're relying on, by the time we hit January 1st, 
if they're facing 35, 40, 45 shots a game on goal, they're going to tire out, even if they split games 50-50. So there's got to be some changes made defensively in style, in system, in the lineup for this Islanders team to start playing more consistent hockey. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. We will talk about Simon Holmstrom and some of the things we're seeing from him lately, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options like point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And look, you can bet on the NFL, college football, the NBA, the NHL. Use your knowledge of the Islanders. On FanDuel, check out the odds for Tuesday's game against the Minnesota Wild. Maybe you want to take a guess on how many goals Matthew Barzal will score. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Simon Holmstrom. We we have to mention bright spots right now in addition to those players who are struggling. And Simon Holmstrom, through nine games that he's played this year, three goals and a plus one. And, you know, look, there are still things he doesn't do well. He's not a physical guy. In nine games, he has one hit. But... He does have seven block shots, which is pretty impressive for a forward. And he is starting to look like a more confident hockey player. The goal that we saw him score Saturday, his third goal of the year was, again, a very pretty play. It's a shorthanded goal, a little odd man rush with J.G. Pajot, and he was able to cash in on it. He looks like he knows he can be more effective with the puck. And that is something we really needed to see from Simon Holmstrom that we didn't see last year. Last year, he was making the safe play defensively, but offensively, he looked scared almost when he got his stick on the puck. Did not, with a few rare exceptions, look confident. We are seeing some chemistry between Pajot, Fashing, and Holmstrom. And we are seeing Simon Holmstrom, I think, understanding the speed and size of NHL players and what he needs to do to be effective. Now, I still don't think Holmstrom is a top six player at this stage in his career. But last year, I would say he was no way a top six player. And this year, I think if there are injuries... I wouldn't object if for a game or two you had to slide Simon Holmstrom up into the top six because at least he knows what he needs to do to be effective and not be a detriment. So glad to see one of the Islanders' former first-round picks and younger players taking that next step in his development. And 
look, I would love to see that from other young players, uh, the Oliver Wallstroms of the world. Uh, but seeing it from Holmstrom, seeing it from Noah Dobson this year, and, and Dobber also had a goal against Carolina, I, I, I think these are encouraging signs and things the Islanders need to have if they are going to basically uh, have a playoff season this year. And again, so far, we're not seeing enough of it from, you know, some of the other younger players, whether it's your Matthew Maggio's or, uh, you know, William Dufour's in the minors. And of course, we have our weekly farm report every Wednesday, as everydayers know. But also, you know, guys at the NHL level like Oliver Wallstrom, but to see Holmstrom taking that step forward and still being reliable defensively is very encouraging. So, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Sunday was the 50th birthday, and this makes me feel old, but it's the 50th birthday of former Islanders center and captain Alexi Yashin. Originally drafted in the first round, second overall by the Ottawa Senators back in 1992. Came to North America for the 93-94 season and put up a 30-goal campaign as a rookie. Uh, had a 44-goal year in, 80, uh, in 98-99, another 40 goals in 2000-2001, and then joined the Islanders. His best year with the Isles was his first, 2001-2002 where he scored 32 goals and 75 points in 78 games, stayed with the Isles through the 06-07 season before the native of Sverdlovsk, Russia, headed back to his homeland and finished up his career in the KHL. In 850 career NHL games, Yashin 337 goals, 781 points, and 401 penalty minutes at 11 goals, 27 uh, points, in 48 playoff games uh, with essentially uh, 17 of those playoff games coming in an Islanders uniform. We go back and look at one of Alexi Yashin's better games with the Islanders, March 25th, 2003 at the United Center in Chicago. Garth Snow, the goalie for the Islanders, uh, Craig Anderson getting the start for Ottawa, and in this game, Alexi Yashin doing his thing. He gets four goals for the New York Islanders, three at even strength, one on the power play. He scores four goals on five shots as the Islanders crush the Blackhawks by a score of 9-2. to two. He had two goals in the first period and two goals in the third as the Islanders went to victory. One goal and four assists for Aaron Asham, and uh, that was a, an extremely impressive game. Oleg Kavasha and Mark Parrish, each with a goal and two assists, but the four-goal game by Alexi Yashin, a hat trick plus one for the captain, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Hard to believe Yashin already 50 years old on Sunday, and we wish him all the best on his birthday. So, I want to thank everybody who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. 
We'll have a full preview of the game against the Minnesota Wild, plus hopefully some injury updates on Bo Horvat and Adam Pellick and, and everybody else if there are any other injuries to report. So we'll have that for you as well. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.